This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Cat lovers, welcome to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat. I'm your host, Dr. Catherine Prim, and I'm a small animal veterinarian and cat lover. Today I have with me Debbie Martin, and Debbie is special for lots of reasons because Debbie is a veterinary technician who specializes in animal behavior. But Debbie is extra special for our purposes today because Debbie and her fur family all survived Hurricane Katrina. So we're going to talk with Debbie a little bit today about how to prepare for a natural disaster with an eye towards the safety and comfort of your feline friends. We'll be right back with Debbie Martin after a word from our sponsors. Hi friends, this is Dr. Marty Becker, America's Veterinarian. After a traumatic experience at the veterinary office, have you ever thought to yourself, there has to be a better way? When your veterinarian is fear-free certified, you'll find your pet's vet visit is safer, more comfortable, and actually enjoyable. Your dog will go from shaking in the lobby to pulling you into the exam room with a wagging tail, and your cat will be purring inside the carrier. To find a certified fear-free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat on Pet Life Radio. I'm here with Debbie Martin, and we're going to talk about being prepared for a natural disaster when you have cats. Welcome, Debbie. Hi, good afternoon. How are you? Are you holding up okay with all the weather going on? I am, but it certainly does bring back a lot of memories and uh, really thinking about those people that are getting ready to be affected by Hurricane Irma or who already have been affected by Irma and Hurricane Harvey. So I think that people that have cats need to sort of see all of the disaster preparations a little bit maybe different than people that don't have animals depending on them. Do you have any tips or strategies that people may have overlooked as they were caring for their cats? I think one of the things that's really important as far as preventive is really getting your cat comfortable with travel and being in a carrier 
because with evacuations, if you have to evacuate with a pet, they're going to have to be managed differently than in their regular home, whether that be just with a long trip in the car or, for example, when we evacuated from New Orleans during Katrina, we were in a Red Roof Inn hotel room with five dogs, two cats, and a parrot. And so managing them safely so we didn't have escaped was very important and having them be comfortable with some type of management or confinement was imperative for them to be less stressed. And it is so hard, I think, for everyone to stay calm during a natural disaster or an evacuation. Everyone is so afraid. But do you think that the pet owner's attitude or demeanor in any way impacts the animal's It definitely does. I mean, dogs and cats, cats especially, and dogs, but cats, they feed off of our energy, so to speak. If if we're nervous or anxious, oftentimes they might leave the room or find another place or get up high just to feel safe. And, And if we're feeling stressed or anxious, which of course we would if we're getting ready to evacuate or we have the threat of a hurricane or some other natural disaster, it could be a fire that is threatening our livelihood, our home, our lives, it's not easy to stay calm. But just remembering, just as if you had a child in front of you, how you react and respond, they're going to pick up on that and they're going to be very sensitive to it. So the calmer we can act, at least around our animals, the less stressed they'll be in the long run and the smoother the evacuation can be for everyone. Did you find in the Katrina event that you were faced with situations where your pets maybe were meeting animals they didn't know or there were other animals in the environment? My cats, I was actually able to manage fairly well because they were they were very well kennel trained, and we used what it's um it's a, called a collapsible cat playpen. You'll see those a lot if you ever see any of the rescue organizations that have cats and carriers. It's a multi level cat cage which perches and stuff. So my cats were comfortable with inhabiting in that kind of area, so we were able to use that for some management and safety. They did not need to encounter other animals, but I'm sure that with their great sense of smell, they did recognize just the different smells in the hotel and then in the apartment that we stayed in because we we were out of New Orleans for about three and a half weeks and spending our time in a variety of different locations during that time. So how far in advance had you planned with training the cats to the carrier or to the collapsible thing that you had? Honestly, we hadn't train them for the evacuation. I had just moved to New Orleans about six months before Hurricane Katrina, and I was moving from the Midwest. So this was a totally new threat in my living arrangements than what I was used to. We don't have hurricanes in the Midwest. We have tornadoes, but you can't usually plan for those too well. But my cats, just in the management of living in a variety of different circumstances throughout their lifetime, we're comfortable with man- confinement and management in that way. And so as a kitten, they lived in a household with a lot of dogs and other cats. And so there was management that happened there. So they became comfortable with being in a confinement area. They felt that that was a safe place for them. So I actually really kind of lucked out on that aspect. Not everyone's is as lucky as that. But I do encourage pet owners now, especially if they live in an area that's prone to natural disasters, to get their kittens and their cats acclimated to those things so it doesn't become an extra stress factor. 
So pet owners need to already have that, to already have some sort right. of crate or some sort of method for restraint in the event of an emergency, especially for cats that, that can hide. I mean, what if you were trying to evacuate because your home was flooding and you couldn't find one of your cats? That would be really terrible. So I think planning ahead is pretty critical in this situation. Would you agree? I agree. And also one thing with the car travel, because usually the trips are going to be longer than like a trip to the veterinarian or to the groomer, cats are going to need a little bit bigger area than their regular travel kennel. Using something like a medium-sized dog cage or kennel, the plastic ones work really well, where you can have a litter box in there for your cat so they have a place that they can go to the bathroom. You're not having to get them out of the carrier when you're stopping at gas stations and those types of things because those are times that they might escape. All those noises, the frightening sounds and the new environment can make them want to run away. And so having a way to manage them that they're comfortable and have enough space to have an elimination area within the kennel is important too. I think that's amazing advice because I can't imagine how horrible it would be to lose your animal when you were already stressed and trying to evacuate at a gas station to lose your cat. And on that note, how do you feel about identification? How do you think people need to make sure that their pets are identified in case they are lost? I really think it's important that all pets have a microchip because collars can come off. There's always the risk of, especially if we're confining a cat into a cage or a carrier of some sort, that if they have tags dangling down, that there is a potential that those could get hung up on the cage door. So we want to be careful about the type of collars that we have on them. They make breakaway collars for cats that I highly recommend, but again, they can break away. And so having other form of permanent identification, such as the microchip, is very important. Definitely a collar with some type of ID on it. If you can get the collars that actually have the plate on it that puts the information on it, as opposed to a tag hanging down, that's a little bit safer if they're going to be managed in a crate or a kennel. Well, and I think that in these kinds of situations, like with Harvey, people mm -hmm. needed to identify their pet animals because the rescue animals were sort of there as well. So I think microchipping mm -hmm. is a great idea. And Please, if you are in a situation like this, make sure your information is current with the database on your microchip with a current phone number and even a family member's phone number in case your cell phone battery dies or what have you. All of those things are important planning strategies. Definitely, because you know, during storms, I mean, when Katrina happened, even though we evacuated from New Orleans, we had no phone service. Our cell phone server was down in New Orleans, so our cell phones were not working even though we had evacuated to Houston for the storm. People couldn't get in touch with us. So that kind of identification and an emergency contact for your pets, that is really, really important. So pet owners do not forget how important that is. So what about, do you have any pets that were on daily medications or something like that that you needed to plan ahead for when you evacuated? We did. Some of our pets were on medications and it is important to make sure that even if you think you're only going to be gone for a few days, we actually thought we were just going to be gone for the weekend and end up be gone three and a half weeks. We still, we took our supplies with us just in case. So we weren't trying to find medications or get refills and not having the prescriptions with us for our pets and things like their monthly flea and heartworm control we packed those up with us so we had them ready to go. And we were thankful that we did because we actually did need to use them. 
Well, that's excellent. And I think uh, planning makes perfect. So did you have the opportunity to stay with or know any animal loving friends or family that would have welcomed you into your home? I mean, what do you think about people sort of lining up some options ahead of this storm? It can definitely be very beneficial if you have family members or friends that are willing to allow you and your pets to come to stay in their home during a natural disaster that you're experiencing. We were not in that situation. All of my husband's family actually lived in New Orleans and we all evacuated to Houston. So they were in the same hotel with us. They all had multiple pets as well, cats and dogs. And so we were all just kind of working together. My closest family was in Ohio, which is quite it's a 13, 14 hour drive from New Orleans. So it wasn't a real feasible opportunity for us especially since we thought we were just going to be gone for a weekend. <laughs> we thought, right. oh, miss us. <laughs> and so <laughs> we then uh, had the opportunity. Family member did help out in providing us with an apartment to rent that was available in the Florida area, actually, that allowed us to have pets in there and do a short-term lease. So we looked out with that with being able to help with family members. But I do think that it is important to look at all your options. Certainly a hotel is probably not the best place, but it can be a starting point. And then trying to figure out going to another home. Now, here's the problem is that if you're going into a home that has other pets in it, which most likely you would be if your friends are eager to have you and your pets come, they may have their own pets too because they're a pet lover. And so cats especially are going to be a little bit sensitive about new cats coming into their house. And depending how long that situation is going to be and and the personalities of the cats, it's probably best just to manage them separately instead of trying to get them to know each other and like each other. We set up their own little habitats for them if that's possible within that household. So they're not having the stress of having to acclimate to new animals, whether that be your cats that you're evacuating with or your friends or family's pets that are trying to acclimate to these new visitors in the home. Because there's already enough stress without forcing your pet to be friends with your friend's pets. I agree with that for sure. Correct. Because it doesn't always go well. (laughs) It doesn't always go well. Yeah. And animal friends do not follow the rules necessarily. So Mm -hmm. I think that we all have to consider all the things that our cats might need when we are away from home. And we take for granted the little stash of stuff that we have, like you mentioned, the medications and cat litter. How did you manage with litter boxes? Did you have disposable litter pans or were you able to pack litter? How did you do that? We did have kind of a small litter box that had been used when they were kittens that was just kind of stored away. And that's actually what we used for in the carrier that they were in in the car. However, once we got established in a new location, we did have to buy new products because we couldn't take everything with us. We weren't expecting to be gone so long. And so sometimes it's not always feasible. There's only so much space. We had, again, we had five dogs, two cats and a bird. And we actually had one vehicle is a Ford Ranger truck (laughs) with a cab on the back. And so there was very limited space, not only for our supplies and our needs, but also to bring all the animals items too. So um, you you pack what you can, but you may have to purchase some things. And wherever you are, most likely they're going to have a store that you can go to, the pet stores are available to buy new products if you need to. 
I'll also say that the veterinary hospitals where we were, they were very open to helping out people that were displaced due to the hurricane. I think I've found that in a lot of natural disasters is that they will open their doors to you and provide assistance where they can. Yeah, that's awesome. The veterinary community is Mm -hmm. very supportive in that way. What about Mm -hmm. the people that aren't going to evacuate? But maybe they're they're not in an evacuation area, but they're still going to experience some of the stress associated with a storm, maybe a power outage or something like that. How can they help their cats be able to adjust and provide for the cat's needs in that kind of case? Making sure that you stock up on things that are familiar for the animal, whether it be you're staying or evacuating. So making sure that you are going to be able to have access to their regular food, their medications, maybe some familiar things like their bed and toys. Keeping things as consistent as possible and as familiar as possible, whether you're staying in the environment or evacuating, all keep the stress levels for the pets as low as possible. We can also incorporate things like pheromones, so calming pheromones for cats. And you might want to talk to your veterinarian about anxiolytics or some nutraceuticals that can have a calming effect that might be beneficial for your cat if you feel that they're stressed or anxious with any changes that are happening. Yes, I love those kinds of things. There are certainly products that can help with this kind Mm -hmm. of situation, but you have to plan ahead and you have to include your veterinary team in the planning. Also, what about their food? Because some people feed perishable foods and may not have electricity for the refrigerator, for example. So how can you accustom your pet to maybe be okay with food changes? Yeah, and that and cats especially can be very sensitive about any changes. It is largely dependent on what they were exposed to as a kitten to determine whether they think it's food or not. I see cats that will only eat the dry, crunchy kibbles, and then other cats that will only eat canned food. But it's interesting to me that some will turn their nose up to one or the other. But again, that's developed early in life. Preparing them for that is really takes some planning in advance. It's hard to if they're already established a preference. So with kittens, we usually recommend giving them a variety of different types and textures of food so that they recognize a variety of different things as potential food for them to take in. So that if you are in a a situation where you have to change your diet for some reason due to the inability to have electricity or supply and demand is not available, that they're comfortable eating different things. But that really does kind of fall into that preventive category. It's a little bit more difficult to teach a cat later in life to choose to eat something that they don't recognize as food. Certainly a planning thing, because when you're in the middle of an emergency, what your cat not wanting to like a certain kind of food is going to be a little bit of an added stressor, I think. It is. It is because we know that cats, they can't go off food for long periods of time that can be detrimental to them. In fact, you know, one thing that I saw in the aftermath of Katrina, and I encourage people not to do this, is that we had a lot of people that thought, just like we did, we were just going to be gone for a weekend, not for a long period of time. And they didn't want to stress their cats out by taking them to a hotel in Houston, for example. So they decided to leave the cat home thinking they'd be back in like two or three days. And when they didn't come back for five to six weeks because of all the hurricanes that followed Katrina too, these cats ended up in the veterinary hospital, very sick. And we had 
cages and cages of cats in our ICU ward with peg tubes in that we were feeding around the clock, just a couple teaspoons of food every hour to get them back on food because they had become so emaciated and sick. And, and there are many cats that passed away too because of that. So I think it's really important for us to realize that, yes, it's stressful if we do have to evacuate, but please don't leave those cats at home, even if you think it's only going to be for a few days because you never know what might happen. Yes, do not leave pets at home. Also, I think people might sort of forget when you get busy and kind of panicked, pets need drinkable water as well. Mm-hmm. And they need clean sure. drinkable water because the storm water can be contaminated. So I even saw on on social media, I think, that you can fill your washing machine with ice And as it melts, the washing machine will drain. Naturally, it won't flood. And you can keep that as drinkable water. It'll keep your things cold. And then you can keep it as safe drinkable water for pets. So I thought that was kind of a cool little tip. Yeah, that is great. So plan for the kind of food that they eat and plan for them to have fresh drinkable water and give them a carrier or some sort of mechanism to keep them safe if you have to stop in different places and plan ahead to train them to that so that won't be just an added stressor. Oh, and medications. Don't forget any daily medications that pets are on. Call your vet and and get kind of a stash in case you are gone for an extended period of time. Can you think of anything else that we're forgetting to get pets ready? I don't think so. Uh, We had mentioned some kind of identification, making sure we're up to date on that. And then, yeah, trying to provide as many familiar things, take their bed with them, their familiar bed. So that's something that smells like home. It's comfortable. It's soothing for them. So anything that you can pack with you that it brings familiarity for your cat, something that they enjoy and they like, maybe their favorite brush, uh, their favorite toy, all those things can help make it a little less stressful for everyone. And take some time to spend with the pets when you guys are all displaced. That's good for everybody. And it helps the cat remember that they're okay because you're there (laughs) and you're a part of their family. And I think that's something that everyone should prioritize. Don't you agree? I agree. And that was a big thing that really helped my husband and I when we were displaced because of Katrina. We tried to spend time every day just one-on-one with each of our pets. Giving some of that love and snuggles and receiving that back from them. uh, And it made everyone a little bit more comfortable and more relaxed. And it reminded us of that important, wonderful relationship we have with our pets. Makes any place feel like home when your pets are there with you. I think that planning ahead and lining up all the emergency numbers and making sure your pet is identified and that you are aware of all the daily needs. And you even mentioned flea medications and that kind of thing. Those things are a bit intermittent. You might not think you're going to be away from home for a whole month, but you might want to just take it just in case. Definitely. So planning makes perfect. And that's what we say all the time about all kinds of animal things. But in the case of cats who become very easily stressed, familiarity is going to be really a big part of handling this. And the pheromones that you mentioned and some of the nutraceutical or natural products that help with stress are also a really, really good idea. And do not leave your pet. I think of all the things that we said, Debbie, that is the most important. Even if you think you're coming Mm -hmm. right back, do not leave your pet in a storm area. So I'm so happy to have Debbie to talk with us today about disaster preparedness because this is a really current situation and kind of an ongoing thing because it's hurricane season and all of these things are happening now. But Debbie is really possum. 
to take the time to talk with us about her experience with Katrina. And I encourage all of my listeners to reach out to me on social media and find me on Facebook and Twitter and Google+. Debbie, can you kind of go over some of the ways that they might can keep in touch with some of the things that you write and share? Sure. Yeah. People can contact me through our Facebook page. We have veterinary behavior consultations. And also we have an education company. It's called Team Education and Animal Behavior. And there are websites. You can search for those through Google too. There's websites and also Facebook pages for both of those. That is so excellent. And I think reaching out to your own veterinarian who may or may not also reach out to Debbie's husband to help with behavior issues and give advice on this kind of thing. These are very important concepts, communication and supporting each other. And then having your pet there to remind you that home is just where your heart is and home is where your pet is. I want to thank everybody for joining, especially you, Debbie. Thank you for your time today. Thank you. And I also want to thank our producer, Mark Winter. And thank you all for joining us for Nine Lives with Dr. Cat on Pet Life Radio. And I hope you all have a perfect day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.